Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. It doesn't appear as though Dr. Han is here yet, which is a great relief to me. <laughs> As a preacher. <laughs> I was stressing this one all day. This is a particular gift from the Lord to me. Okay. There's nothing like, you know, you read all his books and then you're like, I got to preach in front of this guy? This is part of the job that Bishop Greece didn't really fill me in on. They're like, this is, yeah, this was, this was an unexpected thing. Okay, let's talk about this gospel. This parable of the talents uh, appears both in Matthew's gospel and in Luke's gospel. There's some slight variations to it. In Luke's telling of the story, you've got this master of the house. He's a nobleman who goes off to obtain the kingship for himself by going off to a distant land to obtain the kingship from someone who has greater authority than himself. So interestingly enough, this is exactly what happened with Herod the Great. So Herod He was not in the bloodline to be ruler over Judea. He was an Edomite, so wrong family, wrong bloodline, but he was pretty politically savvy. He goes to Caesar and says, Caesar, make me king of Judea. Caesar endorses him. He comes back. He says, hey, guys, I'm king. And uh, that's how he became King Herod, right? So Herod the Great, that's, this, this exact situation is exactly how he became king. It's not really what I want to preach about, but it's just an interesting historical fact that all of Jesus's contemporaries, they would have been like, that sounds a lot like Herod. Anyway, all right, so you've got this nobleman. He goes off, but then here's the kicker. There's this groundswell uprising that happens upon his departure that all of these people in his realm, they don't want him to be king. They don't want his leadership. They don't want him to be king. So the servants that he had given these coins to, they find themselves in quite a predicament, quite a quandary. Because there's no guarantee that he's going to come back having obtained the kingship. They're thinking, do we really want to ally ourselves? Do we really want to associate ourselves with this guy who's going to obtain the kingship for himself if he doesn't become king? No one else wants him to become king. What if he doesn't actually become king? Do we want to be associated with him? If he comes back, he gets deposed. We'll have allied ourselves with the guy that nobody wants to rule. It's a heck of a predicament. If we do what our master tells us, there's a chance that things could get really, really bad for us because nobody wants him, right? So Luke's telling of this parable, there's a lot of facets and nuances that we can look at here, but his telling of this parable, the way he sets it up, he's challenging Christians. He's challenging Christians. He's challenging you and me. He's, he's, the parable asks the question, how are Christians supposed to live in a world where nobody wants Christ as their king? That's the question. How are we supposed to engage the world that doesn't want him as king? This is really important for us to be reflecting on this week as we're preparing for the end of the liturgical season, the liturgical year with the Solemnity of Christ the King this Sunday, which was established in the 1920s by, I think it was Pope Pius XI. I could be wrong. Someone could fact check me on that, but... It was a solemnity that was created in, order, in response to the rising totalitarian regimes and the growing secularism, the growing atheism. That there was this sort of mentality that said, we don't need Christ. We can set up 
a utopia. We can set up the kingdom on earth. We don't need him as king. So the Pope set up the solemnity to be a reminder. No, no. He is the king not only of this place, of this people. He's the king of the universe. So there's options that these servants have. These options, there's options that we Christians have in a world that doesn't want Christ as king. There's, there's the play it safe, play it small, keep it hidden, keep it to yourself option. Right? The servant who kept the coin in the handkerchief. I'm not going to engage. I'm going to be anonymous. I'm not going to associate myself. I'm not going to let people know I'm one of that guy's guys. That option, while enticing and seemingly prudential, is just not open and available to actual disciples of Jesus. Our faith has public implications. Our faith has public implications. Jesus, before the ascension, said, go into the world, proclaim the gospel. Like the same world that just crucified me. He's saying, go into that world. He doesn't say, set up for yourselves little Catholic ghettos, little groups that just think together and you don't have to engage. No, he says, go into the world, the world that just crucified me. He says, I know I'm sending you like lambs among wolves. He knew what he was doing, but he says, I'm sending you, go into the world and bring the gospel. Like to be a Christian, to be a Catholic, shoot, to be a member of Legatus is to be an ambassador, to be one who bears into the world the transforming power of the gospel. Right? Jesus commands us to be salt, light, and leaven. All of these things make no sense on their own. They, are only, they only make sense in service of other things. They transform other things. This is the command. This is the commission. And where the rubber meets the road, for you and me, especially as members of this amazing organization of Legatus, like this, this group cannot simply be our monthly Catholic club where we come together Yes, it's refreshing to be like, oh, yeah, there are people who think like me. Thank God. Okay, that's right. I'm not crazy, right? Thank God. And that's a huge part of what this is, right? We come together to be reminded, like, okay, that's right. That's right. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. We're not alone. But this is meant to be a place just like Sunday Mass. You're not supposed to. Sunday Mass is the, is the place where we're meant to be deployed from. It's not the thing that we're supposed to go to. It's the launch pad, not the finish line. Legatus is supposed to be like that. It's a monthly come-together, oasis of sanity, formation, to be rejuvenated, charged up again, to be sent back out into the world with the gold coin. I'm going to engage in the trade. I'm not going to hide this. I'm going to engage in the trade. There are people who need to have what I have to offer. Like, I don't know if you've noticed, our world's losing its mind. It, it, not just me. Okay, so good. You also know this. Our world's losing its mind. The train is off the track. The train is off the track. And why is that? There's a lot of reasons why that's the case. A huge reason why that's the case is because Christians have taken the, by and large, the option of this third servant. Folding our Christianity neatly into the handkerchief of private devotion and regarding our faith as a mere hobby. It's not a hobby. It's never meant to be a hobby. It's meant to push us into the world. I think it's so fascinating that the word for witness in Greek is the same word for martyr. If you're going to witness, you're going to get martyred somehow. It just goes together. Like there's going to be a suffering. There's going to be a loss. There's going to be challenge. There's going to be the current pushing back against you. 
Look, and I, it might seem easy for me to be like saying this because I don't know what your situations are, the businesses, the, the lives that you go back into. I'm sure it's hard. I'm sure it's very hard, but you are not where you are on accident. The Lord doesn't have you. You just don't happen to work where you work. You don't happen to be associated with the people that you're associated with. The Lord's providence has ordered things sweetly so that you are where you're meant to be. Saying, I've placed you there. And will you bring my love there? Will you show up? Will you let the word be spoken through you? It was St. Basil the Great. You know, some St. Basil prisoners here. It was St. Basil the Great who said, there are, there are still many annunciations, but few incarnations. It's powerful. In other words, that the Lord is still speaking. He's saying, will you let me in? Will you let me speak through you? Will you bring the word into your concrete circumstances through your humanity? Right? That's the invitation. That's the annunciation. There's few of us who say, let it be done unto me according to thy word. We close up. We say, no, no, no. That seems too scary. I'm going to fold it into the handkerchief. I want to end with this reflection. This is, uh, this is from uh, Patrick Madrid, who a lot of us probably know. He's a Catholic Answers apologist, I think. Right? I think he is? Yeah. Anyway, he is. It's a reflection. He, he titled it The Fellowship of the Unashamed. Some of you maybe know this. But this is meant to be, especially for legates, members of Legatus, this is meant to be like our banner, our anthem, our, like our paint-your-face blue battle cry. Ready? Here it is. I'm part of the fellowship of the unashamed. The die has been cast. The decision has been made. I have stepped over the line. I won't look back, let up, slow down, back away, or be still. My past is redeemed. My present makes sense. And my future is in God's hands. I am finished and done with low living, small planning, the bare minimum, minimum, smooth knees, mundane talking, frivolous living, selfish giving, and dwarfed goals. I no longer need preeminence, prosperity, position, promotions, applause, or popularity. I don't have to be right, first, the best, recognized, praised, regarded, or rewarded. I now live by faith. I lean on Christ's presence. I love with patience, live by prayer, and labor with the power of God's grace. My face is set. My gate is fast. My goal is heaven. My road is narrow. My way is rough. My companions are few. My guide is reliable, and my mission is clear. I cannot be bought compromised, detoured, lured away, turned back, deluded or delayed. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice, hesitate in the presence of adversity, negotiate at the table of the enemy, ponder at the pool of popularity or meander in the maze of mediocrity. I won't give up, shut up, let up or slow up until I have stayed up, stored up, prayed up, paid up and spoken up for the cause of Christ. I'm a disciple of Jesus. I'm a Catholic. I must go until he comes, give until I drop, speak out until all know, and work until he stops me. And when he returns for his own, he will have no difficulty recognizing me. My banner is clear. I'm a part of the fellowship of the unashamed. Amen.